0: Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Right now, join T Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV.
0: Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accounts now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem says that the Red Giants offensive line, that their records should be 1-1. One one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that Wait, the what? Giants offensive line, that their records should what? be 2-1. What? Wow. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years.
2: What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, and welcome to the Wednesday, April 11th edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, your solo host for the day. Joe Marino has a day off. But do not fret, because I'm going to be joined by the content of one of the most prominent, and arguably the godfather, NFL draft, draft analyst Mel Kuyper himself has provided the content for today's show because I was driving home from the gym reading a lot of comments and reactions from folks regarding Mel's three-round grade A mock draft aka the what would I do mock. Mel's put one out this year so I figured I'd get home and Cue this thing up thanks to our friends over at reddit.com. And I have uh, the, the full breakdown. And I'm not going to reveal all of the selections. I'm only going to cover the first round picks as I work my way through. I have not read these at all, but I figured this would be an enjoyable experience uh, for us to go through together to sit down and, and read through Mel's What Would I Do first round. Of picks for the 2018 NFL Draft. So without further ado. We will read through this the way that Mel has it laid out. Looks like he has Cleveland listed number one. So I'm expecting he'll probably have all their picks. I'll read and react to the first round picks. We'll drop down work our way through. Go all the way through 1-32. through 32. You guys ready to dig in? Cleveland Browns. Picks 1 and 4, Mel Kuyper gave them Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley. Uh, My reaction here is is it seems like the Allen train is not going to die. And if it does, it's going to die on Thursday night when when round one is taking place. Uh, I would just be baffled if Cleveland has undergone this process and suffered through this just for Allen to be the pick. It seems kind of cruel because, for me, it's the worst-case scenario. Now, I love the fact that they do get Saquon Barkley at four. I think best player available, especially if Bradley Chubb ends up not being available. Um, no, I I think you can make an argument for Saquon at two to the Giants. So, uh, one really good pick for the Browns and Saquon Barkley, and one really bad pick in my opinion. And again, this is this is Mel's opinions. This is not what he's hearing. This is him simply stating, uh, this is my top-rated quarterback. Josh Allen would be my pick because the Browns need a, a quarterback, and he's the, the guy for me. So I could not disagree more. We'll see what the rest of this draft has to offer as we move down to the New York Giants, selecting number two, and they're drafting Sam Darnold. This is something that Mel and... The folks over at ESPN have teased a little bit that if Darnold is on the board at two, that's the way that the Brown or the Giants will end up going. Um, I think it makes for a really interesting draft, right? Because if you see the the quarterback run kind of occupy the top three, and Cleveland's got the fourth pick, they're not taking another one. Now you got Denver at five. Denver's almost got their pick of the litter versus the fourth quarterback left available. Could that be Josh Rosen? Seems like the Jets are dialed in on Baker Mayfield. That's what I've heard. Uh, Joe Marino mentioned something to me. Our uh, friend of our show, Ben Albright, mentioned something to me. So it's looking more and more like uh, Mayfield in the top three. Rosen could be the odd man out here, which is wild, because I think he's the most pro-ready. Giants taking Darnold at two. We're going to move down Jets at three. Kuiper gives him Rosen. Love the pick. Just got done saying how he is the most pro-ready. Um, so I think from the Jets' perspective, that pick makes a lot of sense. We've already covered the Browns picking at four, drafting Saquon Barkley. So the Broncos are listed next with the fifth pick. And Mel has them taking Baker Mayfield. Look, I love this pick too. Uh, Case Keenum's there on a short-term deal. If Denver is willing to break their own trends in what they look for in a quarterback, which it seems like they are if they're going outside signing case Keenum does not fit that prototype mold uh, that Paxton Lynch fit into a couple years ago when they, they targeted him in the first round. Uh, Baker, uh, he's my top-rated quarterback. I think he's a little bit uh, less pro-ready, quote-unquote, if you're talking about him coming out of a spread offense versus Josh Rosen. But I think Baker's upside is terrific. Uh, I think he can handle any offensive system. He just may have a little bit more growing pains coming into the league. But really like that pick for Denver, uh, especially with Case Keenum on a short term deal. So this is where it always gets interesting, right? For the Colts. Uh, Mel has them taking Bradley Chubb. Like the pick, especially because if the Colts were picking at three, would the pick not be Bradley Chubb? So the Colts. Traded back three spots with the Jets to watch three quarterbacks and a running back go in between their picks and still get the best defensive player on the board. I think that pick makes a lot of sense. Indianapolis needs talent across the board, period. It's not a good roster. So uh, taking the most talented player, which you can make a case for Bradley Chubb, uh, I, I know I favor A couple players at positions of lesser value, most notably Tremaine Edmonds for me. I have rated above Bradley Chubb, but these are both top six players on my draft board. So uh, going Chubb, pass rusher, pass rusher is premium. Can't hate the pick. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at seven. Minka Fitzpatrick. Look, I like this pick too. Uh, Tampa in the secondary, whether it's corner safety, uh, he can provide some versatility on the back end. So I think there's appeal there. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't give them Quentin Nelson, because that probably would be my pick if I was doing a what, what I do and Tampa had had Nelson on the board for him. But uh, I can't hate on the pick of Mika Fitzpatrick. Mel has Chicago Bears at 8. Quentin Nelson, there you go. Uh, love this fit. I think this makes a ton of sense. Uh, power running game, right? Jordan Howard, uh, there's, there's kind of this... Zone style, but power mentality, Nelson can really do a lot of damage. And I would love to see Jordan Howard running behind Quentin Nelson. Uh, it's a regional guy, so it makes sense. They're really familiar with him. Um, I don't think any team's going to be in touch with Quentin Nelson and not love him. But it would make sense that if the, the regional guy is there for them in that regard as well, I think that's really underrated. Because you know your, your team scouts are going to see this kid every single week. San Francisco 49ers at 9. Mel gave him Roquan Smith. Look, this is another good pick. Mel's on fire. Mel's big adventure is off to a very good start with the exception of the first overall pick. Roquan Smith, I think he's great insurance for Ruben Foster. I think if San Francisco's looking to return to their uh, prominent defensive approach, which they had a lot of success with not too long ago, it was two studs Navarro Bowman and uh, Patrick Willis on the inside. Give me Roquan Smith and Ruben Foster as the next incarnation of that, please. That would be terrific. I think uh, from a, a defensive construction of a roster and a death chart, that makes a lot of sense. And as we said, Ruben Foster has some off-the-field issues he needs to sort through right now.
1: unlimited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances due. well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, Well-qualified customers. Full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply.
2: Oakland Raiders at 10 getting Denzel Ward, Ohio State. I don't mind this pick. Denzel for me is 20, 25th on the board. He's tied for my top rated corner. Oakland needs defensive help. Look, let's call a spade a spade here. And they're getting away from... The big, long guys that they had, like the Sean Smiths. And I think that's a good thing. Because if you get so focused on the length and the size, uh, you're, you're going to miss a lot of the other traits needed to effectively play that position. Traits that Denzel Ward has. Most notably, clicking, close, foot, quickness, and ball skills. He's got all those things. Put him next to another Ohio State corner, Gary Allen Conley, who they draft in the first round next year. It's a good fit. I like it. Miami Dolphins drafting Derwin James at 11. Surprised they didn't go linebacker, but I can't hate on the pick of Derwin James whatsoever. Miami needs playmakers. Miami doesn't need positions. Miami needs playmakers. Donah Sue, Mike Pouncey, Jarvis Landry, all gone. And um, the faces of this franchise are notably different now than what they were last year, in the last several seasons. And Miami seems to do these culture changes every couple years. And Derwin, now we just got done talking about Quentin Nelson, local boy, Florida boy, Derwin James, staying in Florida to play in Miami. Explosive playmaker, versatile. He and Rashad Jones would be a tremendous pairing on the back end. A lot of multiplicity, a lot of effective tackling, a lot of explosiveness. I think that'd be a great pairing for the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo Bills at 12, and then picking again at 22. 12 is Tremaine Edmonds. I just got done talking about how Tremaine Edmonds is my top-rated defensive player. If Buffalo stands pat, doesn't trade the picks, and gives them up, and stays true to their board, and they get a slide like this, and this is, this is the round of the, the portion of the first round where it gets really interesting, right? Because if the quarterbacks all run off, you're going to get top 10 talents that drop into the late 10s and early um, early teens. Buffalo sitting at 12 is going to reap the benefits of players in front of him going that maybe in a vacuum shouldn't be. Terminated Emmons at 12, great pick. Buffalo gets a quarterback at 22. He gave him Lamar Jackson. Uh, look, I like I like the fit. I don't know if Buffalo likes the fit right? Buffalo just got done exchanging a quarterback that used his legs as a big plus uh, in favor of hoping to get a new starting quarterback in there. Now, there are some notable differences between Lamar Jackson and Tyrod Taylor as passers, but I don't know if that aspect of, of Lamar's game, the fact that he relies on his legs so much, much like Tyrod did, is a fit that's going to make sense for the coaching staff. in Buffalo seems like they want more of a traditional passer. That's why they tried to bench Tyrod last year for Nathan Peterman. So I'm not sure if I'm on board with Lamar being the pick for Buffalo. Feels more like to me like, hey, Buffalo didn't get a quarterback with their early pick, and they need a quarterback. Let me give them one. We're going to move on down. Into the teens, Washington Redskins taking DeRam Payne Hmm. Okay. As I said at the top of the show, I'm reading these live, so that is my legit live reaction here. Um, Washington just took an Alabama defensive lineman, and he missed almost the entire season, if not the entire season, with injury. So double-dipping and going back to pain again That surprises me. Mel addresses this with pain addresses Redskins' biggest 2017 weakness. Run defense could end up at nose tackle. Is that who you're taking? 13? Some of the other talent on the board? Wouldn't be my pick. Green Bay Packers. Mel gives him Marcus Davenport. I get it. It's pass rush. But not before Harold Landry. No way. Um. I wouldn't even say that that Davenport's more of an attractive fit for that Packers-based defense than Harold Landry. Um, Landry's much more refined. This is an upside pick. And it's not one, if I was doing my own, quote, what would I do? I don't think Davenport would be anywhere close to the top of my board there, especially with Harold Landry still on the board. Arizona Cardinals at 15. (sighs) Colton Miller, offensive tackle at UCLA. Um, Mike McGlinchey would be my pick ten times out of ten here. Connor Williams would be my pick uh, eight times out of ten here. Colton Piller, Miller would be my pick zero times out of ten. That's um, Colton is all traits, and and that's not to say that I don't like. Colton Miller's prospect, because I, th- I feel like I do. He's got great upside. But technically speaking, he's got a long way to go. So Colton Miller at 15 is a surprise to me with the other offensive linemen that are still on the board, considering Arizona Cardinals need that, with Mike McGlinchey and Connor Williams still hanging around. Baltimore Ravens taking Calvin Ridley at 16. Yeah, I can't hate this one. Uh, I think the dots are all there. I would rather prefer DJ Moore over Calvin Ridley. That's me personally. But I can see the value, and Mel does make an admission here that DJ Moore's not far behind Calvin Ridley in his wide receiver rankings. So uh, I'm not going to dog him as hard as that, but those last three picks uh, in front of that were a little rough with DeRon Payne, Marcus Davenport, Colton Miller. Uh, Those three are a group that I really take exception with in addition to the first overall pick of Josh Allen going on. Uh, L.A. Chargers taking Vita Vea. Love that. Um, I think him in that defensive front, uh, that's an overwhelming amount of disruptive big bodies inside. I think that's a terrific combo, terrific pairing, good long-term fit, good uh, schematic fit for, for... their style of defense, and uh, they, I think you get him some opportunities to play at the nose. You get him some opportunities to play in the B gap and penetrate, and yeah, I like that one. Seattle Seahawks at eighteen, Jair Alexander. This is a great pick. I really, really like Jair. He's tied with Denzel Ward for my top-rated corner, and um, Seattle needs corners. Uh, Seattle is hurting defensively, uh, much more than we've seen from them in recent seasons. So um, with Derwin James not on the board, Jire's a pick that makes a lot of sense for me. And um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Josh Jackson's the pick there just from a scheme specific. But if they chose to go Alexander, I think Alexander's a more diverse corner. So uh, cannot disagree with Mel, even though I would pause and think about Josh Jackson there too if I was the Seahawks. Dallas Cowboys taking Rashawn Evans, linebacker at 19. Uh, Hitchens is out of town, went to Kansas City. Jalen Smith looked better, but he didn't look his best coming off of that terrible knee injury in his his bowl game against Ohio State from a couple years ago. Uh, Evans inside there, I mean, Sean Lee is the other variable here for Dallas linebacker. He keeps ticking, but he's not without taking a lot of bumps. So, I like the pick of Rashawn Evans. I think, um, I'm actually glad that Mel put him above Leighton Van Resch. And I think for Dallas, Evans is, is multiple, He's versatile. He can offer some pass rush. Dallas does not have a lot of great boundary pass rush outside of DeMarcus Lawrence, who's under the franchise tag this year. Makes sense. I like it. Detroit Lions at 20. Taven Bryan, Florida. Yes. Sign me up. Uh, Brian on the inside at 20. He's the kind of guys that Detroit right now has playing defensive end. of <laughs> The side of Ziggy Ansah, that's a, that's a weird pass rush group. So Brian is a true inside guy. Um, yeah, I really, really like that for Detroit. I think he's one of the guys that's probably going to be in consideration there for them uh, in the real draft as well. So I think Mel did well uh, pegging Detroit to Brian at 20. Cincinnati Bengals, 21st overall. Mike McGlinchey, there he goes. Thank goodness Mel did not have McGlinchey falling to the Patriots. I'd have been mad online about that one. Yeah, Cincinnati needs good offensive linemen. Uh, They traded for Cordy Glenn in the trade back from 12 to 21. Um, McGlinchey's got experience on both sides. So even if the Bengals wanted to take McGlinchey here, you could play Gordy at left, McGlinchey at right, um, Mel Meld kind of gets into some of the details of that in his analysis of the pick. I think it makes sense. It's good value. We've already covered covered Buffalo at 22, taking Lamar Jackson here. So Patriots and 23 and 31. 23 is Leighton Vander Der Esch, linebacker. Thirty-one is Mike Hughes, corner, Florida, Central Florida. Uh, both of these picks fit the Patriots mold as far as roster construction. It's one of the things that I talked about when they traded for the 23rd pick, getting rid of Brandon Cooks. Uh, they love defensive linemen. They love linebackers. And they love defensive backs in the top two rounds. And uh, one of each year makes a lot of sense. Uh, Hughes. Uh, I don't know if Isaiah Oliver's going to be on the board at 31 because I haven't gotten down through 24 through uh, 30 yet. But I'm surprised that He didn't peg Hughes or didn't pay Isaiah Oliver just because it seems like there's a lot of traction there. Be interested to see where the league falls on Isaiah Oliver because I know a lot of people in the social sphere really like him and talk about him in that range. Uh, he's not quite that high for me. I think he's in the, I think he's in the seventies on my draft board. But I like him as a player. He's just scheme specific. Hughes at thirty one, uh, good ball skills, movement skills that that New England's gonna like. Uh, would like to see him put a little bit more weight on his frame if he's going to play a lot of press there in New England. And Vander Esch, um, versatile, right? I think some teams are going to try and get some some ast- outside pass rush reps out of Vander Esch, which is interesting because he didn't really blitz all that well at Boise State. But the size profile is there, and he certainly checks the boxes. You know, Bill Belichick wants to play stout on the inside. Van Der Esch, central piece with Kyle Van Noy now, linebacker. Um, those two competing with one another for reps. Um, I don't mind that pick. Surprised, but not surprised. Carolina Panthers. This is this is a legit surprise here. Uh, Mel hasn't taken Justin Reed from Stanford. Like seeing Mel give Reed some love. I'm going to put him up here in... Uh, In the top 25 in his mock draft, um, Mel mentions that the the Panthers lost Kirk Coleman, and um, Reed's my favorite for Pittsburgh at 28. So what a backbreaker that would be for Pittsburgh to see the four linebackers and now Justin Reed off the board, uh, the way Mel has has it playing out here in the top 24. 25 Tennessee Titans, Dallas Goddard. Okay, mixed reactions. I love the fact that Mel has Dallas Goddard going the first round. Big fan. Uh, To Tennessee, though. I know Delaney Walker's getting a little older. But the Titans did just draft Janu Smith last year. And he was a productive football player last year. I look at some of the other needs into your offensive line, most notably for the Titans. You got a lot of value sitting there. Surprised that he didn't go that direction. Atlanta Falcons at 26. Mel hooked him up with DJ Moore. Um, I mean, they did lose Taylor Gabriel, so another receiving option here uh, for Atlanta would make sense. Surprised how early it is. It's not routinely a a position that you hear the Falcons discussed with most prominently. Uh, I get a lot of uh, vibes for defensive line, losing Adrian Claiborne and Don Terry Poe and... um, But D.J. Moore in the first round of the Falcons, I don't hate it. It's just probably not the direction I would choose to go based on where the talent is on the board here. Uh, Mo Hurst is still on the board. Falcons love speed defenders. would make sense. New Orleans Saints, Hayden Hurst, tight end, South Carolina. The Hayden Hurst love is, I mean, like, I used to think I was high on Hayden Hurst. Like back in the summer, beginning of fall. And that was before Hayden Hurst started getting talked about as a potential top 30 prospect. And know Todd had Hayden Hurst going 16 to Baltimore not too long ago. And now Mel's got him going in his what would I do 27 to the Saints. I like the prospect of a tight end in New Orleans. It's a luxury pick. It's a team that can afford a luxury pick. But I'm raising my eyebrows. And uh, the, the, the prospect of Hayden Hurst being the pick here. With Dallas Goddard going, yeah, that's one less you got to worry about. But I'm surprised that Mel, being the guy that he is, falling in love with measurables and traits, hasn't fallen in love with Mike Osecki and plugged him yet. Mel, Pittsburgh Steelers 28. Harold Landry, there's Harold Landry. There's no way. Harold, Harold at 28 is a pipe dream. Pittsburgh fans, don't get your hopes up because this is not going to happen. I'm surprised to see Harold down this far on the board. But um, it would be a dream come true if that came to pass. Jacksonville Jaguars, 29, Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State. Mel has it playing out, just like we talked about on Draft News the other day. Six QBs in the first round. It's been a long time, 1983. But why would they do Mason Rudolph? If Jacksonville was going to make a move... Make a move for one of the other guys. Get aggressive, right? They they Mason Rudolph feels like such a lateral move for what they have with Blake Bortles. So if I'm if I'm signed Blake Bortles on a quote unquote long term deal for the next couple of years on the Jaguars, I'm passing now because Mason's not going to get play anyway. So you have to feel really good about Mason to invest in him here, instead of making a more luxury pick on your roster. Mel has Josh Jackson corner going to Minnesota at 30. Uh, surprised to see uh, a corner, a boundary corner going 30 to Minnesota who have both uh, corner positions locked down with Trey Waynes and uh, Xavier Rhodes. It's one of the best young corner duos in the league, and Mel gave him another boundary corner. So not my favorite pick. Last but not least in the first round, 32 Philadelphia Eagles, Darius Geis. Running on a strong note here because I really like this fit. I really like the pick. I think the value makes sense for Philadelphia. It's a long term play, it's a luxury pick for a team that can afford a luxury pick. Hope you guys enjoyed this walk through the first round of Mel's Big Adventure, uh, his What Would I Do 2018 NFL mock draft. If you're interested in the whole thing, it's three rounds long. Uh, I am not going to break out the full 100. Apologies in advance. You guys can swing over to ESPN and check that out. But I figured I'd give you guys a breakdown of the top 32 and my initial reactions as I read these live without knowing what the picks were before we sat down and did the podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. I'd like to thank you guys for listening to the Draft News Podcast today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow along. Swing over to FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting and keep up with all of our latest content. We're about two weeks out from the NFL draft. We are going to be here all the way through the draft and beyond the draft for you to make sure you guys know exactly what your team did, why they did it, and what we think of it. So follow along with us, please. We kindly invite you to uh, hit me up on Twitter. You got your reactions to Mel's Big Draft. Um, I'm at NDT Scouting on Twitter. We're on Instagram at NDT Scouting as well. Like to keep it easy for you guys. Kyle Krabs signing off for the Draft Dudes podcast. We'll catch up with you all on Friday.